Welcome to Good Luck Charlie. Just like you, I'm on the journey of self-discovery and am daily trying to learn what it means to find balance, create lifelong friendships, chase my dreams and invest in my future. So here's what I'm learning and loving on this crazy path of life. I'm so glad you decided to join me. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Good Luck. If this is your first time listening to an episode, welcome. I hope this is a podcast where you can feel that you are not alone and you are not behind in life, and you can learn that everything works out the way it's supposed to be if you just keep on working hard on who you are. That is my heart for this podcast, and especially this episode. This episode is a really cool conversation with an amazing friend called Laura. She is a a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, and she's passionate about connecting people, helping businesses grow, and telling stories. So she currently works as a management of a team of recruiters at Talent Path, and she also owns a business with her husband called Connect Creative. And Connect Creative is all about connecting people through really amazing videos, helping businesses grow through sharing their story in amazing videos and photos, and helping businesses to attract the right people to them, etc. So it's really, really cool. And you can check that out as well. She's married to her husband, Ben, who you'll hear about throughout the episode as well. And he is wonderful. Laura and I met a few years ago at a wonderful networking girl empowerment event called Girl Shaped Flames. They are a fantastic company that is all about connecting young women with people in the workforce to help mentor and inspire and encourage them and help them learn more about the workforce and the community. Tanya Miesman runs that and she is incredible. So if that sounds something like something you might be interested in, definitely go check out Girl Shaped Flames online and see everything they have to offer. They are a really cool program. And that is how Laura and I met. So we are both very thankful for all that they do. So that is a little bit of an introduction to who the amazing Laura is and how we met. And I really hope that you enjoy this conversation uh, and all that it has to say about trusting your path, working it out and going with the flow. Enjoy. And thank you so much once again to Laura and Ben. Wow. Well, first of all, I'm very delighted to be on the podcast and um, incredibly proud of you for putting us together for your peers and for people of your age group. Um, and I look at you and think I was nowhere in my head where you are now. So, um, and I look at the whole next generation, right? And a lot of people who are listening to this, and I just want everyone to give themselves a pat on the back for navigating it this chaos and, and the world of which you guys navigate because it wasn't this way for me. It wasn't this way for these people that you look up to. Um, you are so further ahead of, let me tell you, for the stuff that you've already taken in and seen um, and experienced, COVID being one of them. Yeah. You know, you guys have got a whole next level of resilience and you're so much more worldly and you understand so much more around politics, the environment, um, you know, you have to navigate things like social media crap yeah. and um, all of that stuff. And your world is so much different. Um, and it is, it's tough, but it's also an opportunity. So take it, embrace it and love it because you literally can now do anything mm. you want. 
which is also scary for some people because they go, oh my God. Yeah. So what do I do? Which way do I look? Where do I even start? Um, And I think I'm hoping that I can talk a bit to that today. Well, that's my aim as well because I've often said, oh, I'm crippled by opportunity, which is such a blessing to Mm -hmm. be able to say that. Uh, But definitely has been something I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. Not that what should I do, but which of these 10 things should I do and how do I decide and how do I work that out yeah. and is it okay to chop and change between those things. Yeah. So I guess that is a great way to bring us to all the things that you've done yes. since high school. And um, So if I start at high school, start I'll start at high school and I'll take you through. So um, I think for me, I went to a school where more people went to prison before they were 21 than they graduated. When they from university, mm-hmm. I was actually in a um, school. Of, so my year, my academic year, there was three hundred people. So that's quite big, a big school. Yeah, similar to us. Yes, um, so quite a large school, but um, in a really kind of low social economic area. Um, there wasn't that many people that would even get through to finish at sixteen, eighteen, um, and in my year. I believe there was five of us that went to uni um, and there was three of us that actually graduated. So very small amount of people that actually got out (laughs) of where I was from and that's not to say that everyone was striving to get out and that absolutely everyone should be striving to get out but it was a tough environment and I was very exposed to things like mental health, you know, and the adults in my world um, having mental health problems, you know, to parents of my friends with alcoholism, you know, my best friend was pregnant at, at 15, and my other friend was pregnant at 16, and my, you know, by the time we were 18, most of the people, girls in my year had children. Um, so that was just normal for me, that was very normal, okay, and it's not a pity party here, that was just where I grew up. Um, that I had education and as in I had that as my thing that was my constant so for me in all the chaos the school system I loved I love coming to school every day I loved um learning um I loved that I could you can you can't stop you don't get to the end of it it just keeps going so you're just constantly um, growing your knowledge, there's no ceiling to learning, and I think that's what I love. That on that, I think um, that was probably when I first realised at probably 13, 14. I remember having a breakdown because I got a C, and I was an A student. And in my head, if I could be good at school, I could go to uni, and that was how I was going to get out of where I was from. So it's strange that you had that mindset from so young, though, when so many other people didn't. Do you think that was just something that was inherently in you, or your parents kind of put that on you, To even though you were surrounded by these people who maybe weren't, quote-unquote, succeeding, even yeah. though that word is, what yeah. does that mean? Um, but you were just intrinsically motivated, and you wanted to do well, yeah. and you didn't get pregnant when everybody no. else did. Like, what, what was different about you, do you think? Um, I, don't think it was, I don't think it was anything that's different about me. I think it was just, I really got a lot of validation from being smart mm-hmm. and I realized I, if I did try oh I enjoyed it first of all I enjoyed it but there was one when I did when I did try and I got that A it felt good okay. and it was unusual in my environment so it was like a way of me being a bit different I think mm-hmm. um, and then I also start to realize 
there is more opportunity. I started to look at like university prospectuses um, at 13, 14. I was thinking about going to, you know, Sheffield or London or somewhere that wasn't where I was from in Liverpool and I wanted to go somewhere different. And I used to think of travel and I got really excited. Geography was my subject and I loved it. And I loved it for so many different reasons. But I think opening those pages in those books at the time, which they were, those textbooks, and seeing... But looking and seeing those photos of, you know, Guasu Falls in Brazil and all these places that I've now been to, but that was where it all started, you know, and Machu Picchu. And, and that was my driver. And that's... I think I, re- I realised then that I had to step up and that I had to be... It didn't matter where I was. I could do what I wanted, but I had to work hard. Yeah. And I had to work twice as hard than everyone else. And when I got to uni, it was very clear to see that most people who I was surrounded with went to private schools mm-hmm. or were from better social economic areas in the country. Um, so for me, um, when I got there, and I was very proud of myself for being there, and I did, I've got my degree in environmental science, and um, the decisions I made um, to get there, I really thrived in pushing myself um, and it was pushing myself and it got to the point where, you know, all my friends were just like, I know what Laura's like, you know, she's always really pushing herself and but they loved me for it and they celebrated me as well in that way. I think, yes, I, I got to, I got to doing my degree and it was very obvious to me the people you know the people I was living with the student the students that I'd I'd pushed myself and I'd worked hard and we all had the same grades right to get into uni but arguably I'd busted my mm-hmm. yeah a bit harder <laughs> to get there yeah. um, which set me up really well mm-hmm. because it meant that as stressful as uni could be and as stressful as the pressure of trying to get your grades and all of that. I was laser focused, and for me, this was just what you do to mm-hmm. to get it. And I graduated um, at one of the best universities in the country, um, and that was when it all got complicated. Because that was when it was like, yeah. and what do you do now? Exactly. Where do you go? The big question. The big question, and the pressure. I've never felt anything like it. It's like you can you can get lost in in the education system because you just you know. You focus, it's one semester after one semester, it's one exam, exam assignment, yeah. yeah, it's one grade after grade, and you, you get this, and then you can get to the next bit, and the next bit, and suddenly you're out in the world, and it's like, right, yeah, where do we go? What does this mean? Um, not to mention the fact that I've just done an environmental science degree. I did not think that's what you would have studied, considering what you do now. But exactly. Yeah, very weird, um, but still a massive passion of mine. Yeah. Um, so I love science, mm-hmm. but I also hate science in that, it, to me, it's not creative mm-hmm. enough at all. Um, so for me, I got to that last year of uni and the conversations you're having with your tutors and, and you know your other students around, so what do we do when we get out of here? Yeah. And um, a lot of the other students were saying things like, oh, you know, I've got this internship with this other uni and I'm going to do a PhD and I'm going to look at this tiny piece of mould in a petri dish and I'm going to you know grow it and I'm going to study it and I'm like what I don't want to do that so I wasn't a scientist I wasn't a scientist and I I knew that 
although I did well in my degree, at the end of my degree, it was a very real situation, quite mm-hmm. frightening for me to go, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. So what did you do now? Well, actually, firstly, it's actually it's really impressive to admit that and acknowledge that to yourself, that mm-hmm. this isn't for me, because I think so many people can push through that mm-hmm. and say, well, what else am I supposed to do? I'll just do this, even though I know it's not why, right? And I think you and I are both those people that will kind of excel in anything we do because you just work hard, you just do well. That's what you do and that's how I've always felt. And so for that's me, 80% of it, right? You can just, if you get your head in. If you just work hard, you can it, do well. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what I've always done at school and you've gotten good grades. And I've, because of that, I've been seen a certain way. Oh, you're smart. You, mm-hmm. you definitely want to go to university, study some hard thing, mm-hmm. graduate, and be successful in some education, whatever. Um, but I've had to realize with myself, I'm good at this. Only because I work hard, but I don't actually enjoy it. And mm-hmm. even though that now means I don't know where I'm going next, I need to acknowledge that to myself now so that I even have a chance of enjoying where I am later, if that makes sense. And this is it, honey. This is where you have to actually sit there and go. How I remember having this conversation with Tanya. Yeah. And who um, it was at a very dark moment for me. Um it was not that long ago and I just quit one of my jobs that I've had. I've had lots of different things and I will go through that in a minute. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing next. And I was miserable and I was suffering really bad with depression. And I had some really, it was just a really horrible time. And I remember she said to me, I said, all I want to do is sleep. I don't want to do anything. I don't make any decisions. I just want to get in a hole and be in a hole today. She said, okay. And I said, but what if I don't get out of it? What if I'm still like this tomorrow? She said, okay. She said, and what if you like this for a week? She said, but in a week, one week out of 52 weeks in a year, out of how many years of your life? It's such a small percentage of time for you to have a bad day. Who cares? And it's all very normal for you to have a bad year, for you to make a bad decision. The thing is, is you're making some kind of decision to, to, to choose, because I think that is key. We get to choose. It is a big belief. Of, it's not a belief, it's a fact. You get to choose how you see things, how you do things, what you do next. And if you stick to one thing and you just decide that I'm choosing just to be this now and you've made a choice at 15 with no world experience and then for some reason at 25 or 35 think you have to stay and stick to that choice that you made with no experience with no idea, that to me is just an absolute waste of your opportunity of life because what happens is the more you move forward and the more you just live day to day and the more people you meet and the more your world opens up and the more experiences you have and, you know, you fall in love or you have a baby Mm -hmm. or you try something, enjoy it and then realise 12 months, two years, three years later... I'm done now. I'm ready for the next thing. Um, the more you kind of move and flow and you change and your opinions change, and they should because yeah. you're growing. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. So why people think at 15, 16, 17, it's done, it's decided, that is ridiculous when you actually think of your whole lifespan. So, um, yes, to go back to that, I think pressure of thinking you should have, know everything now and feeling like oh, now I've made this choice I've got to stick to it um and thinking that's good it's really not yeah. it's, it's really it's not you have flexibility and you have you can you can do whatever you want and I think what what is 
hard a lot of the time is the messages we hear from our parents as well and I think it is because they're very different generation um even my generation which is technically halfway between you and your parents right is still different because of the pace of change that has existed in this last 30 years but I think it also comes down to comfortable like it's what we're comfortable with you don't want to challenge the status quo it's easier it's easier to say okay well Maybe I didn't love my teaching degree, but I've studied it now. I'm just going to be a teacher. It's way easier to just go into that than spend a lot of time in the messiness of trying to work out, well, if I'm not a teacher and if I've just wasted, quote unquote, these four years of my life studying this, well, what do I do? Did you waste it? But exactly. You learned something. You met someone. You experienced something. And that skill will benefit you later. But that's that's what the narrative is in your head. Oh, I wasted this. Um, For me, oh, if I don't go to uni next year, I wasted all my good grades. I wasted my ATAR. I wasted studying. Um, and it's way easier to say, okay, I'll just, I'll just go do a degree that maybe feels 50% right because it's easier to do that than sit in the messy and uncomfortable and work out what else I should do. But I think you nailed it when you're saying allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to change because, it, again, it's more comfortable to just be, this mm-hmm. is how I've always been. I'm going to stay with this. People know me a certain way. I know myself a certain way. I'm going to stay with that. But it's way more powerful to allow yourself to grow and change and yeah. redefine what success means to you, redefine what you want and what your values are which again is messy and yucky for a little while, but it allows you to kind of level up in life, I feel, and just have so much more freedom and uh, creativity and passion if you do do that and do allow yourself to sit in the messy for a little while to then mm-hmm. explore and like launch out into the world again. I and back yourself that if yeah. you go through that process, you're not going to fall. And if you do, you'll catch yourself. And I think this is what happens. The more messy, because when you are messy, life is messy life is messy and you're going to have messy situation after messy situation and this is where grit becomes your biggest friend and the opportunity to build that grit muscle because it's a muscle and you're going to need it fact you are not going to sail through life with unmessy i'm telling you right now and if you have so far and you're 17 well done kudos but you're about to be in for a rough ride um so get that opportunity to build that grip muscle. And that that looks like, hmm, I have two options. Oh, that one would be easier. That would be harder. I'd quite, oh, I'd like to do that harder one, but I won't because the easy one. No, see, see it, opportunity, ding, ding, to build my grip muscle. I'm going to give it a go. And it could be the smallest thing. It could be saying yes to being on a podcast. It could be saying yes to getting up on a stage and doing a speech. It could be even smaller than that, right? But you do these little things day in and day out. You put yourself out your comfort zone and your whole comfort zone gets a little bit bigger. And you just keep growing and you keep growing and you keep growing. And then you know what? When it all does, the world does fall down because it will. Um, and you'll have these big bumps emotionally, psych- psychologically, men- like mentally and physically and there's just all these things are going to happen right people are going to die around you people are going to you're going to get fired or you're going to want to quit or you're going to get in trouble at work or you're going to make a stupid decision and you're going to have a bad relationship you're going to date someone who you shouldn't have um if you don't you're not living life life is all the things it's not all champagne and and rainbows and squirrels there's other stuff there but it's all an opportunity to learn and it and it puts you in good stead for the next one um and there's always something great that comes out of it and honestly 
um, if we go back over the last few years for me and my story, I look back at some hard times and go, oh, thank God that happened because yes. it allowed me to do this after it. Um, so, yeah, so if you go back to um, after the degree, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I did know that I wanted to go and see the world, so I went and travelled. And um, I met my now husband, I should do that as well. So we did, we left, we went around the world, um, got to Australia, having run out of money, didn't even have enough to get a flight back to the UK. So it was very much, <laughs> best get yeah. a job. Um, landed in Perth and went to register with a recruitment agency. Crazy. Because to I, get a job. To get a job, yes. Um, and at that point, all I had experience was I'd done a little office job to make a bit of cash to go traveling after uni. Um, and I'd worked in hospitality. And um, they, they said, oh, we will let you know. And then they called me two hours after I walked out and said, are you free? We've got a receptionist who's just called in sick. Can you do reception and start tomorrow? Yes, I can. So I did this receptionist for four days, got really good feedback. So then they knew I was a good temp and then they kept putting me in these little jobs and I just temp doing like reception and a bit of admin and a bit of data entry here and there. Um, and then we came over to Brisbane and I went and registered with the Brisbane office and I met Justin Howe, who is now a very good friend of mine. Um, and we got chatting and he said, have you ever thought about being a recruiter? Yeah. And I was like, I don't even know what you do. Um, and he told me, he said it was all about, um, you know, it's getting an understanding of people's career goals and if they wanted to temp or if they wanted to permanent job. And he said, our clients, our businesses of all shapes and sizes that are looking for great staff and don't have the time to do it themselves. Um, and come to us and, and we put great people in great jobs. And I was like, that sounds cool. But I was just traveling and I was like, okay. And I ended up getting into that job, loving that job, getting sponsored to stay. And, you know, a decade later, it's been the thing that's carved out so many opportunities for me. Um, so yeah, that's how I ended up in recruitment in 2012. So yeah. Completely not planned. Not planned. Not anything. Not anything. But it got me my sponsorship to stay in the country in Australia. Um, and a couple of years in to that, um, I was very burnt out. Um, there's a re there's a sales component of that job that is hard, yeah. and I didn't know anything about it. And I think I was in a big company that really um, there was a lot of pressure put on this staff and. Um, one day I just thought, I'm not happy. And I realised that. And I, I kind of caught myself and thought, I left to do travel to go and find what I wanted to do in the world. And I've not done that yet, so it's time to go. Um, and Ben was the same, and, and we packed up, and we quit our jobs, and we sold all of our furniture, and we left for South America. And... In that, at that time, Ben had, while we'd been traveling, he bought a camera and he taught himself some photography. And I was very impressed with his natural ability to do these yeah. things. And I said to him, um, maybe we should, you know, you try and do some, get some paid gigs. We got an opportunity. We ended up going to Tasmania. Um, his trip was free. 
and we went and did a five day all around. Um, you got loads of photos, but of course, once you've done that once, your brain goes, I can do that again. And you can showcase that you've done it work with these companies. So every time we were going anywhere, I'd call Ed and say, we recently did a trip with Tasmania and we recently did this and um, Tourism Tasmania bought some of the photos as well, the tourist board. So what happened was this little side hustle began to form. Um, And in my brain, this was getting bigger and bigger. And um, when we decided to leave Brisbane and leave Australia and go to South America, I thought, we could do this all around South America. So I got us a meeting with Flight Centre. You're crazy. I am crazy, yes. So Flight Centre, we're a client of the recruitment company that I worked with. Mm -hmm. And I found the person I needed to talk to. And again, I wouldn't know how to do this had I not been doing recruitment. I got all of these skills. And I found the person I needed to talk to, and I called and I said, I want to talk to you, this is what we do, can I buy your coffee, which is very, that is what you have to do every day in recruitment. Mm-hmm. And they said, yes. And Ben and I went and sat in front of him. And we didn't have a business, mm-hmm. we didn't have anything. Ben had a camera, and I just said, look, this is the way we've done, have a look at our website, have a look at the photos we did for Tasmania. And he said, great, where are you going? And I said, where do you want us to go? And um, we ended up getting work from them. So cool. Um, and then he goes, and do you guys do video? And I said, yeah. And which we, you did. Which we do. <laughs> um, but the camera, in my defense, the camera did video. Yeah. And I know Ben. Basically the same thing. It's basically the same thing. And Ben really wanted to do video. Um, and I remember Ben kicking me under the table and looking at me and just was absolutely mortified when we walked out yes. at me. But in my defense, I knew he could do it. And if we do fast forward five years from now, we're now sat in Connect Creative office and he's a videographer and we have our own video production business. So it all worked out well in the end. Um, But again, that was about putting yourself out there and just backing yourself and thinking, you know what, if we can't, we can't call back and say, we can't do this for you. And I I was okay with that. Um, And that is a bit of a element of bravery there that I think everyone should really foster which is just give it a go what happened then was I realized I really love marketing and this whole content thing and I got back to Australia and I was like if I'm going to go back to recruitment because that's how I'm going to go yeah that's what I know that's my visa to stay in Australia because we did miss Brisbane and our friends were here and I did love recruitment and I thought okay this is I did enjoy recruitment I was recruiting financial stuff which I didn't enjoy but I did enjoy recruitment and I did want to be back in Australia so let's do it and let's play in this marketing space and I got a job and fast forward then um, with that was 2016 by 2000 and the end of 2017, I was general manager for a tech digital marketing recruitment business. Crazy. I had a team of seven um, and we were doing really well and I was working for all different companies and I put all those skills into practice um, and it meant that I could just accelerate through um, I wasn't scared to get on the phones and speak to people and ask mm-hmm. for things because that's what I've been doing for 12 months in South America. 
once I've kind of achieved that, and I'm again somebody, someone else I'd learnt about myself, is that I like to build and grow things. Yeah, clearly. I don't stay in one place for too mm-hmm. long because I'm very much a, once I've got it to moving, yeah. I like to create things from nothing. And then once I get it moving, I'm like, eh, what happens now? Um, I can hand that over to I someone. Need a new challenge. I do. And then when, since we'd come back from South America, I had got a full-time videographer role, working for Endeavour College. So he was happy. But after two, three years, he kind of went, I'm just doing the same videos. I'm not being creative. I, he'd hit his ceiling. Um, so we kind of made a decision to, we'd done this once before, work together. We could do it again. So Connect Creative was born. And this is where the messy comes mm-hmm. because six weeks after we started our business and had quit our jobs, I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was... Like I said, life's messy, right? Mm. You've got to go, oh my gosh, what am I going to do now? But you just get on with it. And then COVID hit. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so we lost all our business overnight. We lost all of our projects. Wow. All of the companies cancelled everything because suddenly we were in lockdown. Mm. And I remember walking around, um, walking around my living room with a massive bump, knowing this baby was coming. And we had no income, and it was just me and Ben on the other side of the world. My mom and my sister and people that were going to come out and help were now stuck. The borders were closed, and we had nothing. And it was probably the scariest moment of my entire life. It definitely was the scariest moment of my entire life. It sounds scary, I yeah. can imagine. And just thinking, what's going to happen now? Um, but again real opportunity to build that grit muscle and I don't know how we did it but we did and it was day to day every day we, we can do this we had each other what do we do next what do we do next had I not shown myself in my past that I can overcome adversity yeah. had I not created that self Efficacy, so you've got self-doubt is one end of the spectrum and self-efficacy is the other end of the spectrum. So self-doubt is when you just do not believe you can do anything. You have to show yourself it over and over again. It's almost like a baby learning to walk, right? They don't believe they can do it because they've never done it before. Then they stand up and they go, whoa. But if he never tried and he'd never seen himself be able to walk and he'd never watched other people around him be able to walk, kid never would never walk. So it's built in us to operate this way. And that is what happens. So we are born with that. Don't think you're not. I think what happens is, again, it's a muscle that we start building. And again, um, we don't, we just, once we get there, we stop. Um, I would argue when you said you've got some people who are naturally people who believe in themselves and some people who don't. Absolutely, we do. But they're just different on ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's not like they can't change. They can if they want to, but it is a choice. So the people that are absolute go-getters and self-believers, I can guarantee have learned that from somewhere. They weren't born that way. Mm -hmm. Or they may have had maybe potentially a bit of a genetic disposition, but 100% they have been either pushed, someone's pushed them to fall and get up, to realise they can get up, or they've thought, oh, I might 
might just try this once and I'm in a bit unsure. Because when I tell you the story, I'm telling you the outcomes and I'm telling you in a 20 minute interval. I'm, this is yeah. this is from birth to my 32, nearly 33 years. And do not think that there was dark moments in there. I have suffered from mental stress, pressure, anxiety. If you'd have spoken to me at 22, 24, I am not the person, that was not the same person. Um, the doubt, the self-doubt, I still get it all the time. I wake up days and go, I can't do this. But I always go, well, it's your choice. Maybe you're not brave enough today, but tomorrow you'll give it a go. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone can do, and it's the little things built up over time. It doesn't, you don't wake up one day and suddenly think, let's let's go for it. Yeah. Amazing, I couldn't agree more. And I think everybody, like you listening, believes that you have the power to make the change. Like you you do have the power to do those things mm-hmm. and to try. And again, like failure shouldn't even be in your vocabulary. You're not going to fail. You're going to learn. But I love the quote: "Fail fast. Just go for it. And if yes. you make a mistake." Just learn from it straight away, get back up again. It's putting yourself out there, but the other thing as well is it's, it's accepting the no's you're going to get. When we were in South America, I can't emphasize to you how many people got emailed with the document that showcased Ben's photos to say, we would like to work with you. We can give you 10 photos, 20 photos, a video and whatever in exchange for a free trip. But I didn't send it to one. I sent it to every single one. There'd be sometimes a hundred emails that I'd send out in 24 hour period and I would get 30 no thank you no thank you no thank you that's it there okay okay you only need one yes for every one experience we asked a hundred different companies to get two yeses or one yes but you only need one so I think that's the other thing if you're going to go forth and try and do something accept that the likelihood is you're going to get 99 no's before you get the yes. And see every no as a, great, that's one less to go before I get my yes. That's how you should see it. You never get it once. You never get it the first time. Fully accept that it's going to be hard and be really okay with the no's mm-hmm. and okay with the rejection. So good. And I guess, again, that just builds your grit as well, those no's yes. and the rejection. But if you were to summarise all of that mm-hmm. into one sentence, two oh, sentences, wow. five words, mm-hmm. like what would be your one big lesson, the biggest lesson you've learned that you just want everybody to know? You decide. Mm-hmm. There you go, you've got two. Love it. You've got two words. You decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, make, you, make, you make the decision, own your decision. Things, don't, things do happen to you, but they shouldn't define you. Back yourself. Make it work. Yeah, and if you can't, find someone that will be your biggest cheerleader. If you can't be your biggest cheerleader, I think work on that, but also go and find someone who can. There are friends in my phone that I will voice note and be like, oh, I'm really nervous and I don't think I can do this. And they will voice note me back, you've got this, I'm going to call you in two hours and you'll have done it. Okay, great. And they hold me accountable and I do the same for them. So be, yes, try and be your biggest cheerleader, but also be kind to yourself that most days you're not going to be able to. Find someone that will be. I feel like that's good advice. How how do you attract those people that you want to be around? I think um, like attracts like. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about going to find them and make being intentional about that 
and also be not being okay with dropping the ones that suck the life out of you. Um, so I think it is just about you defining how you want your world to be and then making sure picking and choosing and deciding on who that, who that needs to be. But, you know, I think try and meet as many people as you can. The only way I advanced in my career so rapidly was because I made it my mission to do what you just said. So to go and find the people that can teach me something and, and to grow my networks um, and to learn. So uh, when my first year in leadership, I made a commitment to myself that every week I'd have coffee with somebody who knew more than I did. Crazy. And I really was intentional that year. Um, so 2017, 2018, I was really, really intentional on not being, to making sure I was the person in the room that didn't, didn't know anything. Yeah. So like, if I knew everything in a room, I was in the wrong room. Love it. I had to be, so I would get myself, I was like, women in leadership, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of these, what events were there? I went up in Bedbright and I found these networking and I would go talk to people and just be like, you are the most impressive person I've ever met and you are, you are awesome. And um, not be afraid of it and really just can I buy you a coffee can I and invest in that learning um so I went and did that made some incredible friends through that process you know LinkedIn there's people in my network who I literally connected with on LinkedIn and said I actually love your profile and what you do um can we have coffee so cool. I love that you just take chances. Reach out, go for it, go for it, go for it. Ask people, connect with people, try this thing, try that. It's the worst thing that can happen. Yeah, exactly. Nothing, because if they don't respond, nothing in your life changes. Nothing you changes. Go negative, just no. positive. It's really, really, really cool. Um, and I guess so a lot of this you're saying you're asking, you're asking for things, asking for opportunities, reaching out to people. How much within your working life experience, especially when you're in companies that are more permanent, how much were you rewarded for your efforts with promotions, raises, whatever, or how much did you feel you had to go out of your way and ask for those things? So this is a really interesting question, and this is a very, I think, for the people that are listening to this, from a going to be rewarded, Mm -hmm. we do. You have to to put your hand up and ask. I think it's a give and take, though. When you get a role... Um, always understand where you sit in the market, always understand what other, what I mean by that is, would other companies pay the same role? Yeah. Um, and what am I worth? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Am I being paid under market rate, under the average or above the average? If I'm being paid under, am I an underperforming person? Yeah. If I am, I'm going to get myself up and I'm going to ask for a raise. Um, but if you are a high performer, and you're doing better than maybe everyone in the business or in the same job as you, and certainly your business is doing better or you're doing better, and it's doing better because of you, but you're getting paid under market rate, then absolutely. And what you will find is the bigger the business, the more you'll be forgotten about. So it is important that I think every 12 months you know where you stand. But again, take ownership of that. Take ownership of your own career and your own salary, and you decide. Do you feel that there is, even when you're working within another business or a company, and obviously every company and business is going to be different, mm-hmm. but how much autonomy do you feel you have? The, how much ability do you have to decide what you're doing? I've always sought roles and, and gone after jobs that have given me more scope to be creative and to make my own decisions. Um, 
And again, with that, it's not a lot of fun and games. Yeah. If you're getting, if you, the pressure comes with that, right? So if I have a job where I can, you know, I'm in charge of an outcome and I can decide how I get there, it's a lot of pressure. Mm. No one's showing me how to do that. No one's holding me and saying, you've got to do my hand and saying, you've got to yeah. do that. They're expecting me to do it myself. And if I don't do it, well, I'm, I'm in trouble. So, um, you have to that's not just about backing yourself you have to have the experience to do that so i think for anyone who's at this age now i think the best thing that you can go and do is go and get something that is going to give you experience that makes you that you like um and whether that is in a company that you think no this is cool or their product is cool or it's an industry that i want to learn go in with an agenda right And, and make that clear um, and you might have a job that the tasks of that job might not be everything that you know you want it to be. But know that it is an opportunity for you to learn and grow the skills that you could use in your next role. Yeah. And put your own spin on it. Like if you're going to be a receptionist, be the best bloody receptionist you could be. Um, ask in your downtime, is there anything else that you could go and do? That's how you stand out. And that's how opportunities come to you. Because a manager will go, do you know what, you? you you're too good for that now. Let's go and get you over here. Or would you like to do this project? Suddenly someone else sees you and says, I want to live for my team. And next thing you know, you've gone up three rungs of the ladder um, or you're in a completely different role that now is so much more aligned to who you are. Um, And it can happen quickly for you, but you have to put in the work. Don't go in with the expectation that you get to sit there and someone will come over to you and go, in three months or six months, would you like a raise? Mm -hmm. Or would you like to go... You work for it, you work for it, um, and, and that's how you get it. No, it makes sense. The conversation then took a slight detour and we talked about a range of topics for a really long time. So I didn't want to include that and talk all of your ears off, but I do just want to summarize some of the main points that we discussed. Your job doesn't need to satisfy every aspect of your personality. I personally found a lot of peace when I realized that I didn't need to have a perfect job that fulfilled all the different millions of aspects of who I am from wanting to serve people, but also work hard and think creatively, etc. Laura, for example, does tons of different things from owning her own business to working in a company and all of these things combined help satisfy her aspect and create her job and her career, etc. So if you're feeling like you can't find the perfect job or degree that satisfies every aspect of who you are, that is completely okay and it doesn't have to. You have so much time outside of your job outside of your career to pursue those different things as well. So maybe that will provide you with a little bit more peace as you go forward too. But I then did just want to conclude with this beautiful snippet of our conversation. I loved what Laura said in this. So enjoy listening to this, which summarizes a fair bit of what we talked about. Listen to your gut and be smart in your decision-making and think it through. It's not saying just go and do whatever the hell you want to do reactively, but actually sit and think it through and be brave enough to say thank you, but no thank Mm -hmm. you. And own what happens after that and be okay with that. Amazing. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you so, so much, Laura, for being on this episode, sharing your time and your heart with all of us. I know I definitely came away feeling energized and motivated and inspired to just take on this big blue world and explore all it has to offer. So I hope you also had some beautiful takeaways from this episode. 
You can go check out Laura at Connect Creative on Instagram or on LinkedIn, find her profile, uh, see all of the work that her and Ben do because it really is amazing and so beautiful. And you will discover some really cool companies as well, I am sure. So yes, I hope you felt inspired and motivated by this that you learned you are not alone. You are not behind. Your life can take a range of different paths and no thing is right. Yeah, it's okay to just accept that and see where your life takes you. Never be afraid to just explore different passions because I truly believe if we are intentional and work towards it every day that we can all create a life that makes us want to jump out of bed in the morning. So if you loved this conversation, it would be amazing if you subscribed to Good Luck Charlie on the Apple Podcast app. And if you want more encouragement and and announcements of when new episodes are or the ability to ask some questions for our guests, you should definitely go follow at goodluck underscore charliepod on Instagram. There is lots of cool stuff over there and beautiful posts and captions, if I do say so myself. I put a lot of work and energy into that, so I hope you enjoy it too. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous week. Thank you for hanging around for this whole episode to the end of it. If you loved it, you can also leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, but I will stop asking you to do things. I really hope you did enjoy this conversation and I hope you have a fabulous week. You are loved. You are amazing and worthy and beautiful. And with that, good luck, Charlie. Bye, you guys. Good luck, Charlie.